This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon's with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why MyBookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Put in $100 and MyBookie will give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today at mybookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and here today is part three of our player profile series for the Indiana Pacers. In part one, we uh, went over the point guard position for the Pacers. Part two included the wing position uh, for the Pacers. And in this third and final part here today, uh, we're going to be going over the big men for your Indiana Pacers. So we got five players here on the list today. Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, TJ Leaf, Alize Johnson, and newcomer Goga Bitadze. So to start things off, we're going to start with Miles Turner. So Miles Turner, 23 years old, still really young. Uh, he's going to be entering his fifth season this year. He's going to be turning 24 in March. Um, so I mean, even though he's got five years under under his belt in the NBA, he's still very very young. Um, 
he attended the University of Texas for one season back in 2014-2015. Uh, he was the 11th pick uh, overall by the Indiana Pacers in the 2015 NBA draft. And as I had just mentioned, this will be his fifth NBA season. Uh, awards and achievements for Miles. Uh, back in his college days, he was Big 12 Freshman of the Year. Um, and then uh, some NBA accolades for Miles. He was NBA All-Rookie Second Team but back in 2016 and then last season as we all know he was the blocks leader in the nba so still a young guy uh, and hopefully this year he can add some more achievements to this list Um, some career highs here for miles back in 2016 he scored 31 points against the golden state warriors he hasn't been able to uh, get past that here yet but hopefully this season he's able to uh, you know maybe get 35 to 40 points in the game that would be great uh, Rebounds-wise, 17 is his career high. He did that against the Milwaukee Bucks last season. Assists, he had six assists. That's his career high in assists versus the Chicago Bulls back in 2017. And then seven blocks is his career highs. He did that last season against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, contract for Miles Turner, he signed a four-year extension with the Pacers last offseason in October. Um, so this is the first season of that new extension, and he's going to be making $17.5 million. Uh, so uh, ne- when his contract's up, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So Miles is under contract with the Pacers for the next several seasons. Um, so fit with the Pacers here. Obviously, he's the heart and soul of the Pacers defense. You saw in games last year when Miles wasn't in, uh, wasn't, uh, or he was injured and wasn't playing. Uh, the defense suffered immensely. Um, I can't give you exact st- statistics, but if you're interested, you can go look it up. Um, the Pacers just gave up way more points when Miles Turner was not playing, or he was in a game. He played in the game, but he just wasn't on the floor. So. Uh, it, when they were, they uh, had to start uh, Domantas there at the center, the defense struggled uh, without Miles there to protect the rim. Which brings me to my next point here. Miles Turner is the best rim protector in the NBA. And I triple dog dare you to tell me somebody else who is over him. Um, so yeah, best rim protector in the NBA. Um, offensively, he can spread the floor for the Pacers. Uh, he's got his, you know, mid-range shot and three-point shot. Very polished from both of the areas of the court. Um, so he definitely prefers to shoot from deep rather than play inside. We've all seen that, but that's just part of his game. He's not a banger uh, down low like Domantas is. Um, he's a guy who is more of a modern-day NBA big man that you know can play defense and then also is able to shoot from shoot from deep. So. Can't knock him for that, but we would obviously like to see him get down in the post more often and make some moves down there. My next point is in lower and uppercase letters. He doesn't rebound. That's a little Twitter joke there for you for people that understand that. Um, Last year, he averaged 7.2 rebounds per game. So uh, Miles gets a lot of crap for people saying he doesn't rebound, and sometimes rightfully so. Um, he's a little hesitant to make his uh, way down there in the block, and you know, sometimes it doesn't look like he's being aggressive out there. But he did average 7.2 rebounds a game. Obviously, yeah, you'd like to see that around nine or ten. But you know, you can't say a guy doesn't rebound and he averages seven rebounds per game. Uh, next point here for Miles: Can the Pacers utilize him more in the offense? 
Um, and that means my, or excuse me, Nate McMillan needs to do a better job of getting Miles Turner involved in the offensive game plan. There's a lot of games where he's essentially non-existent on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and the thing with Miles too is here he's not he's not going to be an aggressor out there on the court. So I think the Pacers need to do a better job of running plays for him, setting him up. Uh, you know, for long-range shots, maybe getting him the ball more in the post, because um, there's just you're not just going to get Miles to, uh, you know, try to make his own offense. He's a big man. He's he's not going to try to go up for every rebound and you know get points that way. So uh, McMillan and the Pacers coaching staff needs to do a better job of putting Miles in. Uh, opportunities to succeed as you can see now with even team USA uh, he's doing a fairly good job on the offensive side of the ball for them so uh, the Pacers just need to find a better way to utilize him um, and I think you know in the first part of the season here too especially with Oladipo out now's the time to do that so you can't just wait until he gets back I mean you got to start right away get the young man's confidence boost boost in there at the beginning of the season and uh you know look for ways to create offensive for, for him and and that's the one knock i have on the coaching staff regarding that for, uh for turner also another point can he take the next step in scoring points per game that's uh goes along with getting him involved in the offense like i just mentioned uh depends on his confidence and the coaching staff Ceiling for Miles Turner, I would say he averages 18 points per game. That would be my ceiling for him. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, first team All-NBA defense, all-star and leader in blocks. So obviously, as you can hear there, I'm very high on Miles Turner's potential. Um, I don't know if he will win Defensive Player of the Year just because there's other big names out there, but that doesn't mean he's not the defensive player of the year uh, usually with these award contests a lot of the time they're just popularity contests but um, he should have definitely been in the top three voting last season so I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't at least finish in the top three this season as long as he plays the same way as he did last year um, and defensive player of the year he's definitely got it in him to win that award first team all NBA defense he didn't even make a team last year and he's definitely <laughs> worthy of doing that so I don't think that's much more he can do on that side of the ball. And then I'd say, yeah, all-star as well. If he can do what he did last year and increase his points per game, especially to 18, I think it's definitely worth consideration that he could be a, an all-star. Um, and then leader in, leader in blocks, he's already done that. So um, there's not much more of a ceiling there that he can do, except maybe blow, out, blow it out of the water. My four for him, anything below 13 points per game, especially with what the Pacers are returning here. This season, I think he's got to solidify himself as a second or third option, and I think he definitely needs to average over 13 points per game. I think anything below that is is definitely uh, definitely not a good year for Miles. And then also no All NBA defensive team selection, but that wouldn't necessarily mean that he had a bad year. He had a great year last year, and he still didn't make a team. So, fun fact for Miles, he shares the same birthday as fellow Indianapolis legend. Peyton Manning. They were both born, obviously different years, but on March 24th. So there's your fun fact there of the day. Miles Turner born on the same day as Peyton Manning. Alrighty, next up here on the list, Domontis Sabonis. 
Delmontis is 23 years old, and just like Miles Turner, he will be turning 24 this NBA season. He's going to be turning 24 in May, so hopefully the Pacers are still playing next May. Um, so he's a couple months younger than Miles. Background here on Delmontis, he attended Gonzaga University from 2014 to 2016. He was drafted 11th overall by the Orlando Magic in the 2016 NBA Draft. From there, he was immediately dealt to the Oklahoma City Thunder alongside current teammate Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka. Wow, if you just look back on that trade now, what an absolutely stupid trade by the Magic. Imagine if they would have just kept both Oladipo and Sabonis, how much better they would be. They were playoff playoff team last year, uh, but they could easily be a top four or five seed in the East. Some awards and achievements for DeMontis. He was the Lithuanian Player of the Year in 2018 and first team WCC back in his college conference in 2016. So that Lithuanian Player of the Year was from his playing overseas day, playing overseas in uh, tournaments during the summer. And no NBA accolades for Domontis just yet. He was top three in six-man uh, voting last season, but obviously he didn't win that. Uh, Lou Williams came away with award, and it's just kind of a cheat code because Lou Williams is a starter playing on the bench, but so was Domontis. Um, but, you know, top three, not too shabby there. Uh, some career highs here for Domontis. Uh, Points-wise, he did it last season against the Knicks back in October. I think it was on Halloween. Uh, he had 30 points. I remember I think he didn't miss a basket that game. That was just a great game to watch. Um, also last season, career-high in rebounds. He had 16 against the Los Angeles Clippers. Assist-wise, his career-high is 9 versus the Utah Jazz. That was uh, last season as well. So uh, DeMontis, very good passing the basketball. And his career high in blocks was back in 2017. Nothing fancy here, but he had three against the Chicago Bulls. Contract-wise, this season he's going to earn $3.5 million. Um, and he's eligible for a contract extension here prior to the season. Kind of like in that same boat as Miles Turner was last year. Um, if not extended, he will enter restricted free agency next year. So that means uh, the Pacers will have the opportunity. Just think of Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, he was a restricted free agent. Uh, last off season, the Pacers offered him a contract. The Bucks didn't match, so the Pacers uh, obtained his rights, and obviously they did the trade and all that stuff. But um, same thing could happen if the Pacers don't extend him. Another team could offer Domantas a contract, and the Pacers could then decide in the summer if they want to match it or not. From that point, you put yourself in a bad position, and if you're going to match whatever contract it is, you might as well go ahead and extend him now because from that point, a team could offer him whatever, um, and you could significantly overpay. Just like had Miles Turner not done it, let's just say some team could have offered him $25 million. The Pacers would have matched it. They'd be paying him $8 million more a year just by not offering that contract extension. So if the Pacers are 100% going to extend his contract, and I think they should, even if they plan on maybe dealing one of the bit two big men if it doesn't work out, um, they need to do it now because even if you do trade one of them, it looks a lot better. Uh, it looks a lot better from a trade partner perspective to see that you know you have some bonus under contract for another four seasons. So uh, that's going to be a big topic of discussion going into the season. The Pacers have to believe have to get that done by October thirty first.
or maybe before the season. I can't remember exactly. I don't. I'm not brushed up on all that stuff. So, his fit with the Pacers after playing sixth man and backup center role for the Pacers the last two seasons. This year, uh, Domas will start at the power forward position. Um, Domas deserves to be a starter in this league, and he deserves a good chunk of minutes. But the biggest question is, can he and Miles Turner finally answer that long-lived uh, question this season if they can coexist together? First part of the year with Oladipo out will be a great sample size to see that uh, offensively and defensively what those two can do together, plus minus and all that stuff that all those NBA stat nerds get into. Can the Pacers or can Miles Turner and Dumontis Sabonis exist while given the opportunity? Now is going to be a great time if any, to be able to see if that's the case. Last season, he averaged 25 minutes per game. So to look at, uh, he's going to get an increased uh, minutes here this season. Not saying it's going to be 36 minutes a game, but comparing it to what his 36 minutes per game stats would look like from last season, he would average 20.4 points per game, 13.5 rebounds per game, and 4.2 assists per game. So obviously, giving Domantas more minutes is going to be a blessing for him on a statistical perspective. And that was just what, based on what his 36 minutes per game stats were from last season. Um, but in order to get those extra minutes, you got to be able to stay out on the floor. And my biggest question for him is, can he stay out of foul trouble? Um, Domantas struggles, especially his first year with the Pacers. He gets into quick foul trouble, and it takes him out of the game. So can he stay out of foul trouble, not make those stupid fouls, especially now that he's going to be getting more minutes? And my other question for him is defensively, is he going to struggle defending opposing fours? So you put um, players that you know can go out and play behind the arc, which most fours in today's NBA can do. Is he going to struggle defending that? Is he going to end up defending the five and Miles will switch out and defend out on the perimeter? That wouldn't really make much sense because you want Miles Turner down low. So Domas is going to have to be able to guard those fours that are quick, agile, can get to the rim, and that can shoot. And I'm just a little bit concerned that he's going to be able to do that on a consistent basis. And then my last point for Domas here is one of the best top passing big men in the NBA. So as you can see, he had nine assists. There's his career high. I think he's a great passing big man, and I'm interested to see what he can do with the starting unit. Ceiling for Domas. I have a high ceiling for him with more minutes and being a part of the starting group. I'd say his ceiling this season is 17 to 20 points per game and double-digit rebounds per game. So I would say averaging a double-double this year would be his ceiling and obviously an increased points per game. Uh, the floor is the pairing alongside Miles Turner just doesn't end up working out. Uh, he gets moved back to the bench in a similar, similar role from last season. If that happened, I don't even know who would start. It would ha presumably have to be TJ Leaf or Alizé Johnson or they bring Gogob. So I don't think that's going to happen, but that would just obviously be the floor as he gets moved back to the bench, but I don't see that happening. Fun fact about Domas, prior to committing to play at Gonzaga University, Sabonis had already played professional basketball in Spain for multiple teams, uh, although he played for multiple professional teams before uh, playing in the collegiate level, he didn't sign any contracts with those teams just to make sure he ensured his NCAA eligibility.
So that's it there for Domas. And next up, we have TJ Leaf. Alrighty, next up, like I had mentioned, we have TJ Leaf, real name Ty Jacob Leaf. So we're going to be referring to him probably as Ty Jacob for the majority of this. Ty Jacob Leaf, he is 22 years of age. He will be turning 23 in April. Ty Jacob attended UCLA from 2016 to 2017. He played one season there. Most notably teammates with the Big Baller brand's famous Lonzo Ball. He was drafted 18th overall by the Indiana Pacers in the 2017 NBA Draft. He's going to be entering his third NBA season here this year. Awards and achievements for Ty Jacob, all from college. First team all Pac-12 in his lone season there. And also Pac-12 all-freshman team. And then also from high school, he was a McDonald's All-American. Congratulations, TJ. Career highs for Ty Jacob. And the funny part about this is they are all from the same game last season. So all these numbers I'm about to mention are from the same game from last year for the Pacers against the Atlanta Hawks the last game of the season when they rested all the starters. Points. Career high. He had 28 points in that game against the Hawks. Rebounds. He had 10 rebounds. So double-double in that final game. Good job. Assists. He has two assists. That was his career high against the Atlanta Hawks, and also four blocks there against the Hawks with a career high in minutes played, 34 minutes, all from one game. Now that, now just wait till later, okay? We're not done with that yet. That Hawks game is going to come up later uh, when we get to another player, but all those career highs from the same game for Ty Jacob. He will earn $2.8 million this season with the Pacers. He has a club option uh, with the Pacers for next season, which is $4.3 million. It has not been picked up as of yet. Uh, The deadline to pick that up is October 31st. So if you want a comparison, if the Pacers don't pick that up, think about Solomon Hill back in uh, 2015-2016. The Pacers declined his option. He entered free agency as an unrestricted free agent and signed a ridiculous deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. Now has one of the worst contracts in the NBA, although I think it's the last year of that. So if the Pacers decline that, he will enter unrestricted free agency next season. Uh, If they pick that up, he's going to be a Pacer next year for $4.3 million, which they probably will end up doing. Uh, fit with the Pacers. T- Ty Jacob is a stretch four for the Pacers. Uh, the Pacers obviously had high hopes for him to be a stud on the offensive side of the ball when they drafted him back in 2017, although that hasn't come to fruition yet. He struggled to be consistent or take advantage of opportunities when given the chance. A lot of times, even his first season and the beginning of last year, he was giving mo- given more opportunities at the beginning of the season than also when Oladipo went out last year. He was given more opportunities for playing time. It just seems that he hasn't taken any real opportunity of those as of yet, um, although he did have a good game against the Hawks, but he was like the best player out there playing. So someone's got to score points. On the defensive side of the ball, he has struggled to to defend other big men in the league, and that was one of the knocks of him even going into the draft. The Pacers knew he was going to struggle on defense. They thought they could hopefully, you know, uh, turn him into a better defender. Still relatively young, you know, teach him some of the some ways of the Dan Burke system, etc. And it just hasn't hasn't turned out yet. His playing time though has been inconsistent. The his first two seasons, so his struggles. To get into a flow in the NBA, I can understand. Uh, it, it makes sense. But 
when you get a chance at playing time in this league, no matter what, you have to prove something. Uh, no matter what team you play for, uh, just con- especially with this team, considering the depth that they have, that the Pacers have. I mean, just look at what Aaron Holiday did last season. He didn't play really at all at the beginning. Uh, the first time Oladipo went out, he stepped in those games against uh, the Hawks and the Utah Jazz, and he just tore it up. So if TJ Leaf wants to be a role player in this league, he's going to have to prove that he can do that. And he just has not seized the opportunity yet. And he's going to get a chance here this year again. He's going to come off the bench. And it's up to TJ to be able to take advantage of what opportunities are given to him. Or else he's going to be sitting at the end of the bench at the end of the season like we always see. TJ needs to be able to space the floor for the Pacers. And he needs to take advantage of the deep ball and knock down open shots. So if he has a wide open shot, he's got to hit it. If he's got a you know, relatively not very contested shot he's got to hit it tj leaf has got to be the guy that you see him out there on the three-point line you think he's going to make an open shot essentially like you know compare him to kevin love i don't want mean to compare a white guy to a white guy but just think of kevin love and when he shoots a wide open three as an nba player or nba fan most nba fans are like okay this is going in you expect the ball to go in. tj leaf needs to be that guy when you know he's out there uh, behind the arc, you can expect him to make that three. All right. Ceiling for the Pacers, I would say this season he averages six points per game. That would be his ceiling for the Pacers off the bench. I think last year he averaged like three, so that would be doubling uh, what he did last year. So six points per game, ceiling, and he gets regular minutes each game at the backup four. His floor, I say, he gets knocked out of the rotation uh, just like he has the past couple of years. The Pacers decline his option uh, in October, and he plays next year for the Charlotte Hornets and averages 10 points per game on a terrible team. So, first, he, there's a, that's a three, three-part series there for the floor. Get knocked out of the rotation, uh, Pacers decline the option, play next year for the Hornets, and average 10 points per game on a terrible team. So... Fun fact for Ty Jacob, Ty Jacob was born in Tel Aviv, Israel, while his father was playing professional basketball overseas at that time. So Ty Jacob is an international man of mystery, that's for sure. So coming up next, we have Alizé Johnson. But before we get to that, I have another message here from my bookie. Hey, Chris, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Yes. (laughs) specifically in the bedroom do you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed I know you do well listen up bluechew.com that's blue like the color bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know it works you can take them anytime day or night on a full stomach or empty and since they are chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Wow. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Because I know you like to seize an opportunity when you see it, Chris. Oh, absolutely. If you can benefit from extra function and more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most, most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. 
So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Doctor's visits are literally the worst. They're made in the U.S. of A., and since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners and Chris. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. That is ARMCHAIR, B-L-U-E-CHU.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet the football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, shout out there to my bookie for supporting the podcast. We sincerely appreciate it. Make sure you go check them out. Next up here on the list, we have Alize Johnson. Alize Johnson is 23 years of age and he turns 24 in April. So as you can see here, a lot of these guys are around the same age. And Alize Johnson going into his second NBA season is the same age as Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis, who obviously have more years of experience than he does. Some background on Alize, he attended Frank Phillips, Frank Phillips, try saying that three times, Frank Phillips, Frank Phillips, Frank Phillips, not as difficult as I thought it would be. It's a community college in Texas, he attended uh, the community college from 2014 to 2016. Uh, From there, he transferred to Missouri State. He attended Missouri State from 2016 to 2018, and he ended up being drafted with the 50th overall pick in the second round of the Indiana Pacers in the 2018 NBA Draft. Awards and achievements from his time at Missouri State. He was a two-time first-team All-Missouri Valley Conference at Missouri State. So, good job there, Alizé. Some career highs here for him. All, and as I mentioned earlier, stay tuned. All of these for career highs for Alizé came from the same exact game uh, that TJ Leaf had. So, TJ Leaf and Alizé Johnson both have their career highs, both from the same game. And that's because they both got over 25 minutes. So, all these that I'm about to list to you coming from the same Hawks game. Points-wise, career high for Alizé, seven points. He did that against the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know why I just said that because I told you it was going to be all these games, but anyway, here we go. Rebounds-wise, he had 11 rebounds that game. That's his career high. One assist, so one assist is his career high. He only average, only has one more assist than you do as his NBA career high, so uh, maybe you have a future there in the NBA as well. 
Blocks. Two blocks he had that game. That's his career high there. And then, as I had mentioned, minutes. He had 25 minutes there against the Hawks. So just like TJ Leaf, all of Alizé's career highs are from that Hawks game. His contract this season, he's going to be earning $1.4 million with the Pacers, and he has a qualifying offer for next year, so we'll see what happens. Fit for the Pacers, he's a 6'9 stretch forward. He has limited NBA experience, mostly spent last season in the G League, so it will be tough for him to get minutes, I think, in the NBA this year with other bigs ahead of him in the rotation. Um, So he's just going to need to show the coaches something in training camp as well as taking advantage of the preseason minutes that he gets uh, just simply because I don't think it's going to be, I think he's just, you know, way down the depth chart. He's there in case somebody gets hurt. I don't think other than that, he's not going to get much playing time or he could take away minutes from Ty Jacob, which I'll get into in a minute. Um, Alizé does struggle shooting from the field. That's the biggest knock on him um, at this point in his basketball re- career. He's a type of guy who can grab rebounds and play defense. So to give some type of role as of now, I would probably say he's either a tough guy or a grinder. So maybe make that his new name, tough guy or grinder. Those are the roles that I say Alizé Johnson is in on an NBA team. My comparison for him, a poor man's, poor man's, Draymond Green. So not just a poor man's Draymond Green, a poor man's poor man's Draymond Green. And that is probably a ceiling for him. And getting into ceiling this season uh, for the Pacers, he overtakes backup minutes from Ty Jacob Leaf. His floor, he plays most of the season in the G League, where Alizé spent most of the time last year. That would be his floor this year, is having to play the entire season, not seeing any, any NBA minutes and not improving that seven-point career high. I'll add that on the list there. So he would have to play in the G League, not play much minutes in the NBA, and not break his seven-point career high, and that would be a floor for him. Fun fact here about Alizé, a very good guy, in fact. He opened up three basketball courts in his hometown of Williamsport, Pennsylvania, uh, last summer. So uh, an underprivileged area, he went back, and he's not making buku bucks, but he's making a good amount of money, and he was to, able to supply three basketball courts in his hometown. Congratulations, Alizé, uh, and maybe next time we send you a cameo request, you won't decline it. All right, next up on the list, our last and final player profile, Goga Bitadze. All righty, folks, I know how disappointed you are. The final player profile of the year. We won't have these for another year next offseason when it's boring and nothing else is going on. Shout out Jeremy W. Miller. You can follow him at Jeremy W. Miller 3 on Twitter. This next player profile is dedicated to you, Jeremy. Our final player profile. Drum roll, please, even though I already said it. Goga Bitadze. Goga Bitadze, 20 years old. He's going to be 20 years old this NBA season. Goga was born in the country of Georgia. So when I say Georgia, don't think of the Peach State. He was actually born in the country. So he was born in the country of Georgia. I remember from our uh, draft reaction, Hawk had thought that uh, he went to Georgia University where Tom Crean coaches, and he said F Tom Crean. Um, but he didn't put two and two together and realize that, yes, there is a, there is a country called Georgia. So shout out to you, Hawk. Um, and he's 
Goga has played all of his professional basketball overseas. And as I just mentioned, he was drafted with the 18th pick overall, last NBA draft 2019, by the Indiana Pacers. Uh, some awards and achievements here for Goga, um, which is pretty impressive, but I don't know what all these means, so I'm just going to read them all off. They're from last season. He was the EuroLeague Rising Star, so that sounds good. He was the Adriatic League MVP and the Adriatic League Top Prospect, so that sounds really good as well. The Serbian Super League MVP and the Monenegrin Cup winner. So any international people who listen to the podcast, uh, please fill me in on how to pronounce the Monenegrin because I don't think I got that right. But anyway, that sounds good. I mean, anytime you see MVP and top prospect and winner, I mean, come on, that sounds amazing. So we'll see what happens. His statistics from last season overseas, and I think he played for several different teams, so I don't know exactly where this comes from. He's an international man of mystery. Hard to find information on the guy. He averaged 12.1 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game, uh, 1.2 assists per game, and 2.3 blocks per game. Um, This year he's going to obviously be on his rookie contract with the Pacers, and he's going to earn around $2.8 million. His fit here with the Pacers, it is assumed that Goga is going to get a shot this season playing the backup center position for the Pacers, so he will be filling in for DeMontis Sabonis' role from the past two seasons. He didn't play in the NBA Summer League for the Pacers, so as I've said multiple times, he is quite the mystery. He had that visa issue, and so a lot of fans, including myself, were excited to see uh, how his game translated over even into the Summer League, and unfortunately we weren't able to see that, so he's still kind of a mystery, uh, and, and even going on YouTube, I mean, there's only so much that you can see. You want to see how that game translates to the NBA, which is my next biggest question mark is how will his game translate to the NBA level? Um, you can see what he's been able to do overseas. Looks like he's very athletic. Uh, Blocks-wise, looks like he's a good rim protector. He can do some fancy things with the ball on the offensive side of the ball. But will that translate to the NBA? You've seen it work out for several NBA big men, although it's taken a couple of years, most notably now Nikolai Jokic. But even if you look back in the time, let's just say Darko Milicic, he was uh, number two overall, drafted even before Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade in the LeBron James draft. And he was he was terrible. He was he was god awful. Like I, I he was just so bad. So a lot of these guys, you're you're taking a flyer on them. You're seeing how their game translates. And even Luka Doncic, I could have said him as well. Uh, he came over and played played well right away. So it's just always a mystery with these guys if their game will translate. So we'll see what happens with Goga. Um, he should get plenty of chances to score in the second unit. Uh, he's going to need to take advantage of those opportunities in this early part of the year to solidify his part in the rotation. If he comes out and, uh, I mean, the Pacers think this guy's NBA ready. They, they think he's going to be able to play right away. They've said this multiple times. But if he comes out at the early part of the year and he struggles and he, he doesn't, you know, uh, improve at all, I, I he's going to lose his he could lose his spot in the rotation, which is what McMillan does. He he trims the rotation down as the year is the year dwindles down. And so you could see Goga getting less minutes or getting games where he gets DNPs. Do not play. So I, I he just needs to come out right away. And I know it's going to be tough. You've been playing internationally. You're only 20 years old. This is a new environment for you. But uh, you chose to come to the NBA. Got to see what he can do. So. 
Um, the Pacers, although they have two quality big men, took a chance on Goga in the draft uh, with other needs that they needed to address at the time. So they are quite high on him and think he's going to make an impact right away. So we'll see what happens. My ceiling for Goga, I say he averages 10 points per game off the bench and is the second leader in block shots for the Pacers behind Miles Turner. And then also, uh, he is an all-rookie second-team recipient. So that's the ceiling that I have for him this year. My floor is that he struggles to translate his game from overseas to the NBA, and he gets in foul trouble in most games. So uh, rookies and you know young rookies like him often struggle. They don't get any benefit of the doubt on whistles. Is he going to be the guy that get, comes in off the bench and picks up two quick fouls and then has to go back to the bench? Is he going to be that guy that you know just consistently stays in foul trouble? And Goga's got to avoid that uh, because in order to make an impact on the court, fun fact here, in order to make an impact on the court, you have to be on the court. Just saying. I guess you could be a cheerleader on the sidelines, but I was referring to actual results on the court. My fun fact here for Goga uh, and... It's, it was really hard to find one for him, so this one's not that interesting. Maybe some of you, uh, you know, guitarists out there. Goga shares a birthday with famous guitarist Santana. Now, that's just interesting, and I forgot to write down the birthday, so you're going to have to Google that yourselves. So I'm not going to look it up for you, but if you're really interested in Goga and Santana, I recommend you get on that right away. So there it is. There you have it. Those are the player profiles, part three of a three-part series. Those were the big men. Hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, it's been very tiring for myself talking so much on these shows, um, but, you know, life's been busy. Um, but we're always going to provide some sort of content for you guys. So um, if you hadn't heard earlier in the show or in my other podcast episodes regarding this, um Part one was the point guard position, so make sure you go back and check that out. We had uh, profiles on Malcolm Brogdon, Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, and Edmund Sumner. Uh, part two was the wing position, and I'm going to try to remember all these off the top of my head. Oladipo, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Brian Bowen, Jakar Sampson, Justin Holiday, and shoot... I know I'm missing somebody really simple off the top of my head, and I can't think of him right now, but you're just going to have to go back and listen. In this one, we had Miles Turner, Domantas Sabonis, Alizé Johnson, TJ Leaf, and Goga Batadze. So player profiles for each of the Pacers on the roster for this season. Uh, this is something that we're going to do every year before the, dra- or before the season starts. So you can look forward to this coming again next year. That's going to be a wrap for this series uh, for this year. And also you can check out what we have coming later this week is the Colts player profiles. Hawk will have those coming for you guys. So stay tuned for that. And other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed a long Labor Day weekend and enjoy the week ahead. We will see you guys soon.